Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight we had Megan Breyer in the house from Maker's Mark, the one and only Megan, the lady from Louisville. Check this out. We <laughs> Megan's a genius, first of all. She created this pairing. It's called Aged and Glazed. So aged whiskey mixed with what? Glazed donuts. Yes, it's true. So check this out. The tasting included Maker's Mark 46, our seven grand private select single barrel that you can only have at seven grand in Bar Jack Lope in downtown Los Angeles. And we paired it with some amazing freshly baked donuts from Astros. So let your mind be blown. All right. Be sure to enjoy this podcast responsibly. And remember, don't eat too many donuts. Megan is is like the the genius child of the whiskey world right now. She created the whole like bourbon and what was the, the how was the name of the ham thing? What, Oink and barrel. Oink and barrel. It was total genius. A little bit of country ham, a little bit of Knob Creek. You couldn't really go wrong. Yes, it, it was a highly curated pairing of some of the best southern hams with some of the best we went, southern. We went bourbons. hog wild. Oh, oh, oh my gosh! She can just. Hey, the, the reservoir is deep. You like those kind of jokes? We can go all night, all right? We can go all night. Um, but this is one of the other cool pairings that Megan has come up with. And uh, for all you donut lovers out there, you, you'll you have to just create some kind of retirement fund for Megan because she, like, <laughs> she came up with this whole thing. And she even made these tasting mats yeah. just for tonight. They're like... Super cool. Graphics, art, skills. Past lives. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so, Megan, tell us what, what's going on. Where do you yeah. get the inspiration for uh, Aged and Glazed, this, yes. this pairing experience? So, uh, I like to do a lot of eating, and I like to do a little bit of drinking as well. Uh, I am born and raised from Kentucky, for those of you that haven't met me before. So when I got to uh, start working with Seven Grand, I was actually still living in Kentucky, working at the distilleries, and would very seldom get to come out. Met Pedro, and, and it was mostly the guys, but there were a few lovely, lovely ladies involved as well. Now there's a little bit more of them. Um, and we uh, had the opportunity to do a couple really fun events. Well, in Kentucky, I started doing these really fun pairings. So Oink and Barrel was one of them uh, that paired multiple country hams. Uh, they were all very regional uh, because country hams were real big in Kentucky. Uh, and then I was like, And they oh. vary a lot. A lot of those, those They hams, really do. They're incredible. They're all from, she had really been specific about the different kinds mm -hmm. of hams that she we had chose. them shipped in. We had them shipped in specifically. So four different hams, four different uh, pig farms, basically, right. uh, that age them different ways. Um, and so this was my next installment of my food and whiskey pairing. Um, and you might think bourbon and donuts, it tastes really good together. Well, yes, of course it tastes really good together. That's the catalyst. But when there's a little bit of education involved, it makes it that much more fun, which is why I asked you guys to wait a little bit before you just dove in. Because guess what? Almost all of these donuts, three of these four donuts, have something that is extremely important to the bourbon making process. Can anybody guess what that might be? Oak? We think the donuts have oak? <laughs> they have green. They have green. Say it louder. Yeast. You guys, we have to have yeast in order to make alcohol. If we didn't have yeast, none of us would be here tonight. There would be no whiskey. 
So when we think about this specifically, we talk about the yeast strain. Our yeast strain for Maker's Mark has been around since the 50s, uh, and Maker's Mark as a brand has been around since the 50s. So when you think about that, what's really cool is that your parents, your grandparents, if they drink Maker's Mark, it has the same DNA as what we are getting ready to experience today. And in fact, the same yeast strain is going to be in all four of the marks that we are going to taste. So that's kind of how this tasting came about, was I started thinking about the fact that yeast plays such an important part in whiskey, plays such an important part in bread. If you guys think of friendship bread or Italian style pizza dough or anything like that, we have some things in there. We have what's called a dona, which stands for donation. We have a jug yeast that we constantly feed and we pull off to create a dona, donation yeast. And then we put it into our fermentation process. And that's kind of how we get our whiskey process started besides the grains right? So we have four different donuts here today. I will tell you, one of them does not have yeast and that is done on purpose. Whoa. How's that possible? An unleavened cake. donut? It's a cake donut. Is it kosher? <laughs> I couldn't answer that. Um, Astro's Donuts helped us out. So if you guys have ever heard of Astro's Donuts, they also do, they do uh, donuts and, and fried chicken. Yeah. So, I'm clapping for the donut makers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're only a block away. And when they delivered these boxes this afternoon, I swear to you, they were hot. And this is yes. like an hour ago. Yeah, this is not so long these, ago. These donuts are so incredibly fresh. This is what they made for us in the afternoon just for this event. These are not made this morning. They were made right. like an hour and a half ago. It's crazy. Um, so we work specifically with them to pair these donuts uh, to come up with a really, really fun, unique tasting specific to Maker's Mark. Has anyone in here not had Maker's Mark before? Ah. Yeah, this is basically our favorite redhead, right? She has been around for quite a while. Um, everybody has probably had it at some point. I always tell the story. My dad growing up had a Maker's Mark Manhattan every single night. So I feel like I came by this very honestly being in the bourbon business. Um, I do get to travel now. I do the entire West Coast. So I, I am born and raised from Kentucky. Like I said, bourbon is definitely in my blood. I moved out West a few years ago and, and have the opportunity to hang out a little bit with uh, Pedro and everybody out here. Um, but Makers is a brand that's been around for a while. You notice that Makers Mark is also basically an art form to make. It is something that is done by hand. We still hand rotate every single barrel. We still hand dip every single bottle. When you take a look at one of these bottles, all of these labels are still hand cut. It's by a large press, but they are still hand cut on site at the distillery. And if you guys go there, you can actually see that. So we're having a maker's fair. So please go out and check out some of the local artisans that Seven Grand helped us uh, to bring in and, and talk with them, find out what their craft is, find out what they're doing and support them because you guys are supporting us as well, but it's all about the process of making something. And we are called Maker's Mark because on every single bottle, you're gonna see our family emblem. It was Margie Samuels who actually came up with the name Maker's Mark. It was her husband, uh, Bill Samuels Sr., who created the brand. It is said that he actually threw his family's recipe into the fire, burned it, and started over. Decided to create, it's very dramatic, very dramatic. Decided to create a new product that he considered to be delicious. And he decided to use red winter wheat in the mash bill, okay? So there's not an ounce of rye in this mash bill. It is gonna be corn. It is gonna be red winter wheat, and it's going to be a little bit of malted barley, okay? That is what's going to be in every single bottle. Well, he puts it away. He lets it age to perfection, if you will. And when it comes out, his wife, Margie, asks him what he's gonna name it. He mentioned something like maybe it'll be Bill Samuel's whiskey or bourbon or something of that nature. And she said, no, 
this is an art form. This is beautiful. This is delicious. We are going to call it Maker's Mark, and we are going to pay tribute to everybody that makes something by hand. In addition, she created the actual font that was used. She is the reason that we have this lovely red-dipped wax, also still done by hand, as mentioned, because she was a big fan of cognac, and she loved that red, the wax specifically that was on the cognac, and she gave the family an emblem. So on every single bottle, you'll see a star with an S-I-V and a circle, okay? That star is going to stand for Star Hill Farms. Star Hill Farms is actually where the family lived at that point in time. The S stands for the Samuels family, so that is their name. And the IV stood for the number of generations at that point in time that had been involved in the distilling side of the business. You fast forward to today, we did have Bill Samuels Jr. take over, and we'll talk about him when we get specifically to Makers 46. And then his son is uh, the current CEO, which is going to be Bill Samuel, or I'm sorry, Rob Samuels. And Bill Samuels Jr. as well as Rob Samuels weren't necessarily on the distilling side, but still very, very involved in the business. So to this day, we have the family members involved in all, multiple aspects of the business in Kentucky, which is super rad. Okay. Now, like I mentioned, I'm sure you guys have all tasted it before. In fact, when I asked, everybody had. So I paired Makers with a simple glazed vanilla donut because you probably all had makers at some point and you probably have all had a glazed donut at some point. So we're going to start with what we know. Here's how this is going to work. You guys are going to get the nose on that bourbon just as a very friendly reminder. I know there's a few folks coming for the first time. Part your lips, put your nose over them in the glass, breathe through your mouth. We're starting at 90 proof and we're only going up from there by breathing through your mouth. Yeah. By breathing through your mouth, uh, you're actually going to get the flavor without actually tasting it quite yet. And when you're ready, go ahead and roll it all over your tongue. Get that nice Kentucky hug. What do you think? Yeah, what are you experiencing? Like, so share your experience. This is the chance to like Talk get to a little us. bit deeper with your own ability to smell and taste. So what's that experience like when you tap some of this whiskey over your tongue? Cherry. Cherry. Dried cherries, ripe cherries. Maraschino cherries. Okay, so sweet. Anybody else? We need a couple drinks in us to I guess so. get started just, talking. Front palette, yeah. okay. And that was kind of the intention behind Makers mm -hmm. when, when the matriarch of the family was going, getting them back into the business. One thing she said is that like, let's make a whiskey that's mm -hmm. yummy, and that's yeah. about that front of the palate, that sweetness, that deliciousness to the bitter, which is what you get on the back of your right. palate. Yeah, Bill Samuel Senior specifically didn't like bitter. I would assume he did not like IPAs or anything or rise or anything of that nature. He liked sweet. And that is the reason that Makers was really created. And there's also, I've heard the story that the, the Van Winkle family, yeah. because uh, everyone's very familial in Kentucky, that like if one distillery burns down, there's all these stories about distillery fires and then other distilleries offering to let those folks come over and make their whiskey at their distillery. Mm -hmm. Like very non-competitive, even though of course it is competitive, but like it's very much family style. And so when the Samuels family wanted to get back into the whiskey yeah. making process, the Van Winkles just gave them the recipe, this is like, this is our weeded bourbon recipe. Mm -hmm. Try it out. And of course, it's going to taste different because you're sourcing your grain from different places. Your stills are different shapes. All those things have an effect over the end flavor profile. But all that hype around Pappy Van Winkle and all that super expensive and rare bourbon that everyone goes crazy for, that's what's in Makers. It's the same recipe. What I've heard is the same original. The you mash bill is almost identical. I don't know Pappy's mash bill. Um, but it's a weeded bourbon. It is and, a weeded and, bourbon. And in general, the weeded bourbons, are, they're only going to be, there's not going to be that much variance mm -hmm. in terms of if it is 20% wheat 
or 15% mm -hmm. wheat. It's all right. going to be around that gradient. It's still going to be around 70 to 75% corn. And it's still going to be a certain amount of malted barley just to help out with the fermentation. So, I mean, the various, when we think about mash bills and traditional bourbons, there's really only three, like Bernie Lovers always talks about, yeah. there being only three real mash bill. The traditional mash bill, which is a low rye content, mm -hmm. a high rye content, which you guys have your right. own high rye mash Basil bill Hayden. as well. And then a weeded bourbon, which is what Makers is. Mm -hmm. And weeded bourbons traditionally are the most sippable because if you think about the way that rye bread has that tang, Wheat bread has that wonderful savory quality, and that's what the yeah. front of palate sweetness that you were talking about you're getting is. That's the difference between wheat and rye right yeah. there. I always say rye is dry, wheat is sweet. It's the easiest way to remember it. It's very similar to if you eat, if you eat breads, right? Like rye bread versus corn bread versus wheat bread. They all have very specific flavor profiles. Wasn't there a story linked to breaking up the breads? Uh, when, while coming up with the, the recipe? So, Bill Samuels Sr. actually went home and started baking. Um, so the story goes that he uh, threw his family's recipe into the fire. He went around and he talked to some friends. Pappy was one of them. Jim Beam was one of them as well. In fact, Jim Beam um, was godfather to Bill Samuels' son. So that gives you an idea of how familial all of this is. Um, I actually work for Beam Suntory. So we have both the Jim Beam Distillery as well as the Maker's Mark Distillery. We're sister distilleries. And there are actual pictures of the Samuels family and the Beam family sitting on the lawn together years and years ago. So before they ever, yeah, before we ever merged in one company, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, so he went around. Bill went around. He asked a lot of different folks, a lot of folks big in the industry. What are they doing? What are they seeing working? What's not working? What do they think the future is going to be? And so he went home and he started baking because he really couldn't create multiple different bourbons or whiskeys, um, put them away to be aged, distill that. So basically go through the entire process, getting the grains, milling them up, fermenting them, distilling them, putting them away for multiple years. And then you come back and what if it didn't work? What if it wasn't good? Then you start back over and you're years and years and years in the hole. So instead he baked bread and he baked the different mash bills to determine which one he liked the best. And that's how he decided on this one that had the red winter wheat. And we actually use a, fam a farm that is uh, family-owned down in Kentucky specifically to get all of our red winter wheat. So, so we know that it's consistent. We know exactly where it's coming from. So let's do the pairing, the yeah. first one. So when you guys are ready, what you're going to do. All right, so you guys tasted the bourbon. Um, next thing you're going to do, you take a bite of the donut. Eat the donut like a normal human. Eat the donut. Enjoy <laughs> it. You're not holding it in your mouth. Um, once, like, yeah, people do really funny stuff when you try to pair whiskey with it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> You're still just eating a donut. It's just not, eat a donut. It's not something else. It's Enjoy said donut. donut. Once you've eaten the donut, it's not in your mouth anymore. Go ahead and revisit the bourbon and let me know how it changes. Whenever you are trying to pair food with spirits specifically, you either want to change or alternate the flavor, um, or I'm sorry, alter the flavor, or you want to uh, complement it, okay? And this should do one of the two. Breakfast in Louisville. Yeah, right? That's <laughs> how we do that's it. That's the secret of it. That's, the secret that's of real. Is that the country ham thing has its historical aspect, and the donut thing's just got a hipster aspect. <laughs> it was like, we were just really hungover in Louisville and found a great donut shop. <laughs> we have those mornings. There, there <laughs> actually was a uh, donut um, truck that would drive around. Uh, so that's who we worked with when we were there. <laughs> what do you guys think? Now, whiskey's harsher. It kind of danced on your tongue a little bit more, right? Your Kentucky hug might get elongated. 
Um, you might get some fireworks. That is that sugar content coming through specifically, okay? So I specifically did the glazed donut one because that's the one we're most familiar with and Makers is the bourbon we're most familiar with on this tasting. Additionally, vanilla is going to be a major flavor profile in Makers Mark bourbon. We char all of our barrels to a level 3.25. What that means is that the wood sugars, we after blazing uh, about 40 seconds of flames through those barrels, we get a very nice char. The wood sugars are gonna rush to the surface and they're gonna caramelize. So anytime you taste vanilla, caramel, burnt marshmallow, all of that is specifically coming from the wood. Okay, so when you guys taste vanilla and you're getting that very full on sugary vanilla specifically with the donut, that specifically is coming from the wood in the bourbon world. One thing that Makers does differently from any other distillery in Kentucky is that uh, when they get their wood delivered to Independent Stave Company, which is where their barrels are made, they actually have them, there's a, an area, a lot, that's just for the maker's wood. They sticker the wood up and allow it to be outside for an entire year yep. before they make the barrel. And so what's happening, if you go out and look, it's like a big gravel lot and they've got all the stickered up wood out there. And if you go out and look on the ground where the wood's stickered up, there's like this black particulates, like, like black dust underneath. What that is, is the tannins of the wood haven't fallen out of the wood. The tannins are what are gonna give you those bitter qualities that would hit the back of your palate by letting them go through an entire year in Kentucky, getting snowed on, getting rained on, getting dried out in the hot sun, being out there in the mm -hmm. fall with the wind. All those tannins fall out of the wood. So their barrels, they're, what they're aiming for is a sweeter barrel wood. And the, the three char, as opposed to the four char, which is maybe 50 seconds or 55 seconds 55. on the torch, on the torch is, is a much heavier char in comparison. So a lighter char and a sweeter wood combined with that sweeter weeded mash bill mm -hmm. makes for this yummy yeah. bourbon. That's yeah. what it's all about. That nobody does that kind of level of preparation in terms of barrel wood that Maker's Mark does for their barrels. Yeah, it's called seasoning the wood that 12 month period that we leave it outside. We used to, uh, yeah, so it's the four seasons that it sits outside and gets weathered in Kentucky. So it's pretty cool. It's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the second one here? All right, the next one we're gonna do is actually going to be cask strength. Now, uh -oh. I did these side by side because literally they're the same product except one has no water added. So you hear people say barrel proof, cask strength, uncut, all of it means the same thing. It means there's no water added. So this one in particular is going to be 111.6 proof. Perfect. Also, none of these are going to be chill filtered. So I do want to point out that Makers is one of the few American whiskeys and bourbons specifically that does not chill filter their products, meaning that all of the oils are actually left in. So even though it is 111.6 proof, it's going to have a really lovely viscosity to it. It's also going to be um, very full on the nose because it is a higher proof. Um, so when you guys are ready, go ahead and get your Kentucky Chew on with this one. And this is how the master blenders and master distillers drink their whiskey. Every day when they go out to the rack houses and they're going off of the barrel, it's straight from the barrel. And this is kind of how you really judge a whiskey when it's at cast strength without any Do water they added. Do rotate the barrels with this one as well? We rotate the barrels. We rotate all I of our barrels. That that's one of the distinct yes. things Maker that says. Maker's Mark has is that they mm -hmm. rotate their barrels. Yeah, we have over there's 700. So many, we have so over many bourbon producers in Kentucky alone, Correct. much less to say. 
But I know that Maker's Mark prides themselves on the fact that they rotate their barrels yes. so, so that they get the best climate at all times to promote more consistency. consistency yeah, yeah. Throughout we flavors. do consistency yeah. the most inefficiently as possible. <laughs> they joke on site that inefficiency is the way of Maker's Mark, but it is consistent yeah. because we hand rotate every single barrel the way that it used to be done. We have over 700,000 barrels. Y'all, yeah. the fact that we hand rotate, they do get rotated one time in their life. So it's not every year or anything like that. They get rotated one time uh, during the, the years that they are aged on site. None of our warehouses are temperature controlled. And we have folks that go in and they literally, that, that's their job is they move the barrels from one floor to a different one. And I know that LaFrogue, I think, uses a lot of Maker's Mark. LaFrogue specifically only uses Maker's Mark. What about other... Um, That's why LaFrogue's so good at a little yeah, Maker's Secrets. <laughs> secrets. What about other distillers? Do you know who else is using, um, obviously, the Bean Centauri probably utilize... Yeah. So all of ours right now are specifically going uh, to our family. Um, so you look at both Jim Beam and Maker's Mark. Uh, the barrels are specifically going to go overseas to... Uh, Lafroig, Beaumont, Akintosh, and Tyr Connell. Um, you know, we have so many different ones. Ardmore, you know, so we have a lot to play with. Now, with that being said, every once in a while, we do a partnership with a beer, and they'll do a barrel-aged barrel beer or something of that nature. Uh, I know, I don't think ours are going to... Um, to Louisiana, but I know some some distilleries are sending their barrels down to Tabasco, and their hot sauce is aged in bourbon barrels. So that's kind of fun. Um, so they're going all over. So um, and just for any any newbies in the room, um, one there's no dumb questions. So please ask questions as we go through. This is a safe space. We're eating bourbon. We're eating donuts and drinking bourbon. So yes. you're now family. Um, but uh, just so you know, we cannot reuse our barrels. We have to be aged in a new charred oak container every single time. Um, notice that I did not say American and I did not say barrel. So technically, we could put it in a new chart oak bucket if we really wanted to. Um, but new chart oak containers every single time that we have to use. So we can't reuse our barrels in order to be a straight bourbon whiskey. Beautiful. All right. So, so this you, one is paired. Yes. What, what is this? It's a cinnamon sugar donut? Is that it is. But guess what? This one doesn't have yeast. I did this specifically. This is a cake donut because I wanted you to see the textural difference that you have when you have a donut with yeast versus one without. And to see that it is intrinsically different texture-wise, just like something as simple as adding water to your bourbon and proving, so taking them one down to 90 proof and keeping one at cast strength is very different on your mouthfeel. So you're going to have two very different mouthfeels, not only from the whiskeys, but as well as to the donuts. Most of them are coming from the Ozarks these days. Um, but we work with Independence Dave Company specifically, who is in Lebanon, Missouri, as well as Lebanon, Kentucky. Um, and they help us out. So they do both Makers and Jim Beam barrels for us. Um, and they are they usually are uh, the ones in Lebanon, Missouri, is where a lot of the trees are cut down. But the Ozarks is where the most of American oak is coming from at this point in time. And now it's starting to move a little bit further north. So if you notice in the next 10 years, some of the... Whiskeys may slightly change, and that's because the northern oaks are going to taste different than the southern oaks, and that's just the nature of trees. We'll talk about that in the future. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, my God. We'll bring somebody out from Independence Dave to do that one. What do you guys think? Yes. Yes, right? Big difference, right? Right. It's a lot denser. Has right. a completely different mouthfeel.
So the cinnamon specific, we did that specifically because we knew that that 111 proof was going to be a little bit spicier. Um, and the cinnamon kind of has that cinnamon burn. If you guys have ever just eaten like a, a spoon of cinnamon, I, I don't, I don't know why we've done that. I've done that, but I've done it. Yeah, Anyways, if you've ever done that, yes, you um, yeah, you get kind of that cinnamon burn on the end, those baking notes, things like that. You specifically get that with that, that cast strength maker's mark. Yeah. So yeah, try that with the cast strength and, and notice it, wash it down with the whiskey. And I uh -huh. think that that's an amazing sensation. The cast strength is really clearing of the palate, but you get that rich cake and kind of a heavy note going on, and then wash it down with that castor and bourbon. It's like, bam. It's a delightful experience. It's really delicious. What? You need bacon? And now they want you to like do a country ham donut combo, <laughs> like bring it all together. I've had bacon donuts before. We, I'm sure we can make it happen. Well, they, they make them at Astros, I think. Oh, I think bummer. Well, no, don't say that. We're not, <laughs> there's no bummers here. There's no way. You can't have donuts and whiskey in front of you and be like, I'm so bummed. <laughs> All right. Makers 46. Makers 46. So does anyone know the story behind Makers 46? And do we have any Makers 46 drinkers in the house? So what, what's it, what does Makers 46 have that normal Makers does not have? Anybody know? Any of you guess? Yes? Staves. What kind of staves, though? French oak staves, yeah, that's what I was getting at. Virgin oak. Say again? Virgin oak. Virgin mm -hmm. oak. Um, lightly seared. Yeah. Lightly seared. So, Megan, what's the story? How did they get this idea? I know the answer, but I want you to tell the story. <laughs> All right. For 50-plus years, we did nothing but make Maker's Mark. That was what Bill Samuels Sr. really enjoyed. That was what he wanted. His son takes over, Bill Samuels Jr., Bill Samuels Jr. was uh, CEO of the company for many, many years, not necessarily on the distilling side, still had his hands in everything. Um, definitely very, very involved. Bill Samuels Jr. has a nightmare one night. And he comes into the distillery the next day and he goes up to Kevin Smith, who is actually the distiller at this, this point in time. And Kevin was actually my boss when I was in Kentucky. So I've actually talked at length with Kevin specifically about this. Comes up to Kevin Smith and he says... Kevin, I had a nightmare last night. I was in a cemetery, and I walked up, and I saw my gravestone. And on that gravestone, it said, Bill Samuels Jr. He didn't fuck it up. <laughs> now, I don't know about you guys. If that was what was on my tombstone, I'd be like, awesome, killed it. Yeah, that's like a Call it a day. Like, who, why would he... You with that. <laughs> Great. Thank you for asking. Yeah. The reason is because he didn't. The reason is because he also didn't rock the boat and he didn't create anything new and he simply did exactly what his dad did. Now, granted, did it very well. Makers is very successful. He's been running it for many years, but he just continued his dad's legacy and he realized he did not have any legacy of his own. So he tells Kevin Smith this whole elaborate story. And then he says to him, so... I want you to create a new product that will be my legacy, but I want you to keep the same mash bill and the same East stream because that is what makes makers makers. Good luck. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> All right, y'all. To do that, I mean, there's a lot of different ingredients that happen in bourbon specifically, but to keep the main, the yeast strain as well as the mash bill, you have to really start to look at the aging process, right? Because you're not going to change the grains. You're definitely not going to change the water. You're not going to change, obviously, the yeast strain we've used. So it's all going to have to be on the finishing. At this point in time in America, we hadn't seen many finishes. 
Um, you go overseas, they've been doing uh, quarter cast finishes, sherry finishes, um, different barrel finishes and things like that for years. When you look at Scotch, you look at Irish and things like that. We hadn't been doing that in the United States because, well, bourbon was still, we hadn't really started experiencing the bourbon boom in the early 2000s quite yet. So Kevin Smith goes and he works with Independence Dave Company. And they come up with this process called Process 46. If you think of science experiments specifically, they're often based on a number. So I have so many people that are like, it's 46 staves. It's 46% alcohol. It's 46 years old. It was the 46 try. None of those are true. It was literally called Process 46, which was the act of taking the makers out of the barrel and inserting 10 French oak wafers that had been lightly seared into said barrel and putting the makers back in and aging it for an additional two to three months. By doing so, and by doing it only in the winter time, which is when it's very chilly in Kentucky, we're on average about probably 30 to 38 degrees. So we do get nice and chilly. Um, it wouldn't expand into the wood, into that American oak. We've already done that for five to seven years. It would stay and it would hang out with that French oak, which is a little bit more tannic, which has a different chemical makeup specifically than American oak and is going to provide different flavor profiles. This. So I brought all the, here, Thank I've you. got number four char, number three char. So this is actual inside of a maker's yep. barrel. And then this is a wafer. maker's 46, Dave. Yeah. yeah, this is what a wafer looks like. So you can see the difference in, in thickness specifically. It's about a quarter of the size. And it's going to hang vertically in, inside when it's in there. Um, and it's going to be lightly seared. So if you crack this bad boy open, it would still be white or tan in the middle. It would not be charred black, okay? So you guys can take a look at that. And in, in addition, so in America, the American white oak trees grow really close together. They're uh, skinny, slow growth trees, a, dry, a very dry hardwood. The European oaks, totally different kind of trees, kind of what we think of in our minds of those iconic fat trunk yeah. trees. Yeah. And they're more flexible. They have a more porous cellulose yes. structure, which makes for a more tannic wood. And it's also means they might leak a little bit more, right? So American oak works really, really well for us because the porous nature means it's going to allow it to soak into the wood, but it's not actually going to allow it to leak out. It's beautiful. So, yeah, the staves are going around. You can take a look and take note of, like, how that French oak, the actual grain, look really closely at it. You'll see that the grain looks very different than that of the, mm -hmm. the American oak. So that's what the stave is? That's a wafer, so that's the inside, that's the French oak, and then there's some staves, mini staves that are, are going around that are a lot thicker that have been charred. So you guys can see the difference between those. Um, so when you guys are ready, go ahead and taste that maker. Actually, smell the 46. The nose on this guy is one of my favorites. I'll be honest, this is one of my favorite after dinner drinks, like Cube of Ice, the Maker's 46. It is 94 proof. Um, it's like creme brulee all day. Like, it's just, yeah. All right, when you guys are ready, go ahead and get your nose, or go ahead and get your Kentucky Chew on with that one. And now I'm going to tell you the real story. Because I, I tell you the story that we just talk about, and that's what a lot of us go around and we talk about, and we tell that story about Bill Samuels, and he had this dream and everything like that. I had the opportunity to have dinner with Bill Samuels in November. So this is a few months back. I sat down next to him, and I said, Bill, I want to hear it from you. I want to hear your version. I've heard Kevin Smith's version. He was my boss. I want to know from you what happened, how Makers 46 was created. <laughs> he looks at me. Did I tell you this yet? No. He looks at me and he goes, it's all bullshit. <laughs> I said, what? And he goes, made it up. 
made it up because I knew if they thought I was dying or I was worried about like that I didn't have a legacy or like anything like that, they would actually listen to me and let me create a product. Otherwise they were just going to say, no, let's continue doing maker's mark. It's done well. It's, it's doing well. It's selling. He's like, but if I came to them and I had this dream about my death and my, the fact that like I'm getting older and that I'm going to be retiring soon, that they would actually listen to me. And he goes, so that's what I did. I made it up. <laughs> so that whole story is completely bogus. Yeah, and we created a product out of it. So there you go. That's the, that's the truth. That's what we like. That's what we like. We're getting that's what we like. All right. This guy is actually paired with something very simple. It's the glazed donut without the glaze. So it's a little bit more savory. I did this specifically because I think that the Maker's 46, you get that really rich nose. You get that really rich flavor. So I didn't want to pair sugar with it. I wanted it to be a little bit more savory. It is still a donut, don't get me wrong, but it's not glazed, right? So this one is just going to be a little bit simpler and it should really bring out the flavors of that bourbon when you go back and revisit. For me, the Makers 46 has more of what I, it gives me more of what I already like about Makers, which is there's a buttery quality. Yes. I get like butterscotch in the Makers 46 that I don't get as much in the Makers, just the normal. So, like, with that unglazed donut, it allows that more savory, buttery yes. flavor to come out. You know, it's not over, overly sweet. It also goes back to that yeast that does have yeast. The only one that didn't have yeast is that, that cake donut that we had. So, we're kind of going back to the original. What do you guys think? Uh, it's less viscous than the first table. Less viscous. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And I would attribute that to the wood. I mean, you have to think that wood is more tannic. So it's going to be more mouth drying rather than mouth filling. A lot of times you're going to get a lot more um, mouth watering flavors that, that we, we talk about yumminess and deliciousness. A lot of makers mark. That's literally the words we use to describe it. Um, when you have the makers 46, because of those French oak wafers that go on the inside and because they are French oak and they are more tannic, that is going to attribute to a different mouthfeel specifically. Yeah. So tannins can have a drying effect on your palate. So they can lift, lift some of that oiliness out, you know? Okay. Uh, of the three pairings so far, what's, what's your favorite? The regular makers with the glaze, the cinnamon donut with the cast strength, or the unglazed with the makers 46? Cinnamon. Ooh, yeah. cinnamon with cast strength. Cinnamon. All right, all right, all right. Everybody likes that. Cinnamon on cinnamon. Come on. I like that. Okay. Plus is castering. That's the real answer. Which brings us to our next tasting. All right, all right. All right. So the last one we're going to do, actually, I would love for you to talk about this one because did you actually go and choose this I barrel? I was here. I was. So, okay. The, this final uh, whiskey that we have tonight, this is the private selection. And uh, this is a really interesting story because. Two years ago, you guys started doing this experimental uh -huh. program in which, so they expanded the, the idea of the Makers 46. They took these French oak staves and they made five different kinds of staves. So if you look on the back of these bottles, it's, it gives it, there's a, uh, what does it say? Baked American Baked Pure. Baked American Pure. Seared French Cuvée, Makers 46, Roasted French Mocha, and Toasted French Spice. So they created five different staves doing different treatments to these little French oak staves that you could then put inside your barrel. But it, they have this new tasting room, which is amazing. Yeah. And you go there and they've, they've isolated different versions. So they've taken all those five different staves and soaked makers in them. And you have them in little beakers. 
and you, you can put up to 10 staves into your barrel of any different combination that you want. So you're basically creating your own finishing recipe. Right. Using wood, okay? So incredible idea. And they, you can then, uh, they have all the beakers so you can measure it. Say you wanna have two of the cuvee staves in there. They create it in a way that you can get the exact kind of measurements mm -hmm. right. They've, they've done all the math for you. Did all the math. And so you can experiment through several different, yeah. um, different combinations and then create your own finishing recipe. So we took 13 bartenders out there from about the 70, seven grand San Diego and a bunch of guys from here, guys and gals, and came out there and we broke into two teams with the goal of trying to create a winter bourbon and a summer bourbon. Now, that sounds easy, but with these guys, we have such a, like, we go deep with our education geeky. here at 7 We get grand. geeky. We get really geeky. So we were there for hours. We were there for, like, a long, Probably long eight hours, time. I would assume. And um, the ch more challenging, the two, was this one that we're tasting now, which was our summer edition. Um, because the idea being behind a summer bourbon, what we wanted to create was, like, something that was a little more floral something that had like stone fruits. When I think of summertime, I think of like orange blossom. I think of peaches, uh, yeah. you know, apricots, like stone fruits, cherries, like fruits that come into season. But it's hard to pull floral notes from oak. That's just not the nature of those tannic notes that usually come from oak. So that was really challenging. So this combination, what is it? is it? Can you read the yep. numbers on the back there? So we ended up with one baked American pure, six of the French cuvee. That's my personal favorite. One Maker's 46, one roasted French mocha, and one toasted French spice. So that equals 10 total that they put in. They chose, and each one of them gives a different flavor profile. Some of these are, so you guys saw this little wafer. Some of them look just like this. Some of them are a lot lighter. Some of them are actually riveted or have like ridges. Um, to create a different style of, or a different amount of wood surface that's covered when they go in. We additionally built a, uh, a cellar so that we can do these year round because we can only do them in winter specifically. Now we actually have a cellar that is about 55 degrees that we are able to make these private select barrels or special finishes when bars or whatnot come down and choose them. This is basically Makers 46 Six's Big Brother. It's a way to literally curate your very own finished bourbon, and it is one barrel. So once that barrel's gone, you will never get the same one again. But There's, that being said, you've got the recipe right on the back. That's so true. you could go to Kentucky yeah. and copy the same number of staves and try to make something, and it would probably similar. turn out pretty damn similar. Mm -hmm. um, and the cool thing was is that we, we bought two barrels. We yes. bought the winter and the summer, and then you guys came back to us a couple months ago and bought back a bunch of our bottles, the winter and the summer, to enter into international tasting competitions. So Makers 46 chose both bottles of the winter and the summer that we created as a team to enter into those international competitions. So if you want to get uh, your own bottle for the cabinet, <laughs> buy one now because if we end up getting some kind of honorable mention yeah. in something or something cool happened, that stuff's going to disappear really quick. And no, the only place, yeah, the only place you can buy any of our single barrels is in this bar. So right. we we select them. It's the entire barrel is bottled just for us. And the only place in the world you can have it is in our bars. So you can have it here. You can have it at San Diego. That's it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's really, really an amazing, Texas? amazing yes, whiskey. Texas, <laughs> Texas cool. liquor laws, we do have a seven grand in Austin now, and they will be buying single barrels. But the way that the laws are set up right now, they don't let us choose a barrel, Go out get, of California. A barrel get it out in California, and then deliver it to Texas. They're, the Texas liquor laws are really tough. So they can buy their own, but we're not allowed to share with Texas as of now. Who knows? We might be able to change it. This guy is going to be 110.9. Coming in hot. Yeah, she's strong about it. Hey, but you gotta be precise. It's a thing of beauty in front of you. All right, so go ahead, get the nose. This is gonna have a lot of depth to it. It's gonna be a lot of flavors when you get in there and you actually get the taste on it. Yeah, what do you think of the cuvee? You said your favorite is the cuvee stave. What does the cuvee stave bring for you? Brown sugar notes. Okay. It's brown baking spices goodness. Um, I hate the mocha stave. It's really intense, and I think people walk in there. It is, it, it's polarizing. We yeah. hear that a lot. Like, you either love it or that's not your jam. And it, for me, it is not my jam. Is the mocha is it, is mocha? It it's astringent. It's mouth drying, yeah. at least for me. And that's just not, that's, I like a juicy bourbon. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, the cave. So, um, Let's take a step back. When we decided to do Private Select, it, it basically was because so many folks were asking us for single barrels. Now, as we talked about, we're extremely consistent. We rotate our barrels. We do things on a way that is all about consistency. So we're like, look, we could do single barrels, but due to the way we age our whiskey, it's literally going to taste the same every single time. So we didn't want to do that. So we wanted to create something unique and different. So we started thinking about how we could do that and how we could ramp up our 46 program by allowing folks to come in and then choose their very own innovation, right? Create their own finish. We didn't have the room, the time, or the resources uh, to have folks come in, create their own saves, put them away, let them be aged. Plus, we could only do it three months of the year, right? Because if we were really sticking with this, it has to be done around 55 degrees or less, so we blew out the side of a knob. Um, if you guys are not familiar with what that means, we have hills, we have knobs, and we have mountains in Kentucky, and a knob is the thing in between the hill and the mountain. So we literally blew out the side of a knob, um, and we created a cellar so that it's nice and cool in there. Um, is uh, is where our old parking lot kind of used to sit, and so we revamped kind of how we did everything there. And now we keep it at 55 degrees um, or less, and we allow folks to come in, and there's a beautiful tasting room where they can be mad scientists and create their very own private select. Um, and then their barrel goes in to be aged in the cellar. Uh, and then our, our 46 is also aged in there as well for those few months that it needs to age, and then it comes out to you guys, and you guys get to drink it. And it's not just bars and liquor stores who can do this. Like, if someone here was like, I really want to create my own a little more Private difficult, selection. Can it happen? but I it, it believe it can happen, um, that we're working through that literally right now. Okay. Hopefully. Okay. That is the future of the program for sure. What did you guys think of that summer, summer private select by seven grand? So do you guys get any, I mean, the goal again, we were trying to create like a juicier, the idea was create kind of a juicier bourbon here. Are you guys getting at it? I mean, it is a higher proof. What do you guys get from this summer? Okay. I mean, like that's, yeah, that's, you're tasting like, like I, and this is not in a negative way when I say this. Like, I feel like my mouth's being like almost assaulted. 
He's obviously very yeah, new yeah. to the whiskey there, side. Let's try food words, okay? There's a lot of depth. It's a little complex. I got Bruce Lee over here. He's all like, I punched him, and then I kicked him, and then I smashed his head into my knee. It was delicious. Like, I don't know. So this is actually paired with a creme brulee donut. So you're going to get those burnt caramels specifically. So I figured if we were amping up and we were doing that private select, that we were going to go all out and do a creme brulee donut. So, so yes, from Astros, if you've never had a creme brulee donut, this is your moment. What do you guys think of this pairing with the creme brulee donut? Yes, in the summer select. And I think it's amazing. It's pretty unique. I was really it's delicious. It was a challenging project to make that summer bourbon. Anybody have any questions? Questions, yeah. concerns, smart remarks. <laughs> How else can we help you? <laughs> Well, right on. Well done, Megan. Thank you so much well, for the amazing Thank you so pairing. much. And I'm sure Megan will not mind at all if you want to run with this idea. You could have brunch at your house. <laughs> do it. And, and do a bunch of bourbon and donut pairings on your own. I'm thinking pink sprinkles. What about a blueberry donut? I like Whoa. blueberry donuts. Stone fruit with bakers. Good yes. bakers with blueberry donuts. Okay, okay, all right. I do it. This is what I do at my. This is right. what I do at my house. <laughs> Chocolate chip scones. Ooh, scones could scones, be next. Scones. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember. <laughs> <laughs>